This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the Howdy Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with Margot Helmholtz, a woman on a mission to help other young entrepreneurs accomplish their worldly goals to impact this planet. Having studied NLP, neurolinguistic programming, Margot coaches others on tactics to master their minds and harness their personal powers so that they can bring their best selves into their businesses and the goals that they have set out to achieve. I love the part of this episode where Margot dives into the money mindset and how producing more income is a byproduct of how you approach your day-to-day life. So for other tips and tricks on how to improve your own mindset, as well as earn some inspiration to fuel your own goals, tune in now and give it up for Margot Helmholtz. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here back with another podcast. And I'm sitting here with somebody who is an inspiration to me because of everything that she's doing, but also because today is going to be her first podcast, but also my first podcast in the new studio. So before we were kicking it off, we were kind of chatting a little bit about the process of entrepreneurship and how, yeah, it can be really fucking hard sometimes. And for me right now, it kind of feels icky being in this new studio because one, I haven't been here before, but two, it's like, I know what I want this space to be like, but I am just not quite there yet. So in my mind, I'm taking steps back, but I always say 80% done is better than not done and perfect. So we're going to start this conversation off kind of going down that thread. But before we do that, I'd love to welcome Margot Helmholtz today. How are you doing? I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Heck yeah. So you were mentioning how like this weekend was kind of like a sticking point for you Mm -hmm. in what we always call the process if you're an entrepreneur. So I'd love to just kind of kick it off right there and just kind of go down that rabbit hole of whatever that story was. Yeah, absolutely. I think that on social media and depending on where you get your information about entrepreneurship, if you aren't one, can be very glamorized sometimes 
or you see the classic picture of people working by the pool on their computer or getting to travel all the time. And that is a positive side to it. And I feel like the process and the sticky part and the hard part is starting to get talked about more and more, but there is so much more to entrepreneurship than putting CEO or entrepreneur in your bio. So this past weekend was really hard for me. And it was a lower point than I've experienced in a while. Usually I can pick myself back up pretty quickly, but it was just facing things for where they're at and being really happy and appreciative of where things are at. And I was just really caught up in being dissatisfied with not being at a certain level yet. So coming from that is not coming from a grateful place. And something that I'm really working on in my business is consistency. And income is one of those things. And when you're working with quantum results and quantum leaping and mindset work, things come in pockets and patches. So I can make a lot of money in short bursts of time. And then it's learning, like, are you really a master of your finances? Like, how well do you know money? How long can you last if you're building or launching? And how do you maintain all of that? There's so much more to all of it, right? So that learning process and not getting discouraged by it is where I was at this weekend. Um, yeah, and, and I have learned how to ask for help but it wasn't always that way. And this weekend was, I noticed myself wanting to isolate in figuring out all the things, putting the pressure of the world on my shoulders, asking myself, you know, how come I'm not doing more? How come I'm not showing up more? How come I'm not perfect? And that's the thing for me is letting go of that because it's impossible and really just trusting the process. Because even through the hard parts for me, even through the crying on the bathroom floor moments of, you know, what do I need to work on? How can I improve? How can I be better? I wouldn't rather be doing that for anybody else. Like, I'm so happy that I get to figure it out for me and for my business and for the people I show up with. So. Hell of a way to kick this off. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I relate to that so heavy. And my kind of where my mind goes with this is – when you are in those worst moments, like that low, what is your natural inclination as a human? And then what are you trying to fight against as an entrepreneur? So to make this more clear, it's like naturally as a human, when you're a kid and you're hungry, you start crying. Right. But does that ultimately get you fed? No, mm -hmm. like you have to take some type of action to go get food, right? right? So as an entrepreneur, we're always fighting this natural like, tendency that our human body wants to do for you what does that what does that look like what is going through your head and what are you thinking about so so if I'm hearing you right what is the natural thing that comes up for me if I'm hitting a low point yeah like yeah. maybe like a self-deprecating thing or something that you fall right. into rather because uh, again you were just talking about kind of like comparison syndrome of just like where you should be versus mm. where you are. You don't even have to be comparing yourself to anybody else. It's, yeah. And one of the things we do that we self deprecate ourselves um, in that manner. And then like, for me, one of the ways is I show up worse in like my relationships mm. or I'm just like anxious. Yeah. Um, but for you, how does that show up? Yeah. So I would say 
now it's it gets easier and easier. So when I do hit a point where I may be feeling frustrated or I may be feeling like I'm hitting a wall or I feel stuck in a moment, I think I instantly tell myself, even if I don't know what it's teaching me yet, I know that it's teaching me something. I just know that at my core now. And it, and I will still feel frustration and I will still feel irritation or whatever it is. But I always know that if I am hitting some kind of resistance or some kind of friction or some kind of pain or a misunderstanding or I, I get a communication from somebody that isn't what I'd prefer or, oh, that wasn't the outcome I was setting out to achieve, that I know it's just because I don't know something else yet. So I just allow myself, and the term that I use is being at cause, for feeling a negative emotion. So I'm just going to decide in the moment, okay, I'm choosing to feel mad right now because the situation is upsetting me, but I'm choosing to feel it. And then, you know, my, I usually like start asking myself questions. I'm like, okay, what is this here to teach me? Like, how can I improve? And I feel like when I'm in that space, I can definitely, you know, maybe be less loving to the people in my life if I have a, an immediate interaction with somebody while I'm figuring something out. So sometimes I'll just take the time to myself so I don't let it out on anybody else. And then I, you know, once I get past choosing what emotion I want to feel about it, um, then I can quickly, you know, get over that hump and then do the work on like, okay, what is this here to teach me? How can I improve? How can I do better? That's what comes to mind for me first. And it wasn't always that way. It's just like, I feel like I'm able to more quickly know this is here to teach me something. And if I can't get to that right away and feel neutral about it, then I just choose to feel X, Y, Z, do what I need to do, go on a walk, go into nature like I did all day yesterday because that's what I needed after my breakdown Saturday and bring myself back. So I, I work on, and I'm not perfect at it, but I work on how can I be as responsible as possible for what I'm experiencing right now. I love that phrase of what is this teaching me? Because the famous quote that I hear a lot is like, the world isn't against you, it's for you. But that's so kind of like high level that a lot of people I don't think can understand that. But like anybody can sit in a moment and ask themselves like, what is this teaching me? It's more of a yeah. question. And I'm a big, anybody that's listened to this podcast knows I'm a big question guy and just like always question things. And what you just talked about kind of reminds me of just even really being in this moment as we speak, because like with the office, we, I was just telling you about Thrive and how like COVID kind of changed the whole idea of like what I wanted that office to be. Yeah. Because when I invested in it, I had one idea and then COVID crushed that idea. Um, but what I think I did a really good job of, and this is due to the fact of the people that I surround myself with and being able to communicate and talk, I was very frustrated for a very long period of time. But because I was around very creative people and people like yourself that helped me ask better questions, I started to ask myself, okay, like what was the best thing to come from this? Yeah. And what really ended up happening was I really enjoy podcasting. And that's what came from it is like, I'll do it consistently. You mentioned consistency, right? Yes. Over and over and over again. I love doing it. I love creating content for it. I love figuring out how to better improve your story to get out there so that the world can be served by it. And that never would have happened if the famine wasn't there. So like the feast, I'm in this moment right now where I feel like you, like 
I can feel this feast. I, I can see it. And I'm like, why haven't I been there yet? Right. Like, why am I not at the dinner table yet? But the thing I would reiterate is at least like, I feel like you know inside you that you can get to that point. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things you are working on? Like in this moment, you mentioned you have this vision of where you want to go. Yeah. Just so that the audience has an idea of what that even looks like and how you're kind of like beating yourself up over this. Like what did you envision getting to? Because right. I think a lot of people never even think about the point they get to, but they're still discontent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for me, something that I've been really passionate about for a really long time is helping the younger generation. And so I did that for a really long time through- When you say helping, what do you mean? So that was my big picture, high level idea when I was really young. And then it manifested into now it's more clear and I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. And so when I was younger, I did that through nannying and being an au pair. So I would help tutor kids and I would help them learn languages and I would help them learn instruments. And I was always there in the home because I know that the imprint period of zero to seven is the most monumental part of a human's life because they're a sponge during that point. They don't have this conscious awareness of, oh, I don't want to take that on and I want to take this on and that's empowering and that's not empowering. So they just absorb everything. So I think from my own personal experiences of learning how I don't want to parent and learning how I do want to parent, as I started babysitting when I was 12 and I babysat and nannied for eight years. So I helped kids in that form. And then as I started my first business and I left nannying and I'm doing what I'm doing now, it's a lot more clear. So to get to your question is my big picture right now, and of course it'll evolve and change as I evolve and change, is being able to go back to high schools and creating mindset programs for students so that their experience doesn't have to be, you know, at the effect of whatever their school system is like. Um, I went to a really big school that was over 2,000 people for high school. Um, so it was like a mini college campus. And they had a phenomenal structure and classes and programs, but I was going through so much at home that I wasn't supported in school and I really didn't have a great time at school. So being able to bring something into high school and offer mindset support, even if it's a one month program where they can learn how to be at cause and be responsible for their experience and focus on this is a bubble right now, but life is not this bubble how can I set myself up for when I leave, which is what I started doing my last year of high school. So being able to help other people do that. I want to get to the point in my business also where um, I can give back financially. Uh, right now I'm working on filling my cup so that once it overflows, I can give back, right? So my bigger picture for the world is to be able to help children that are going through prostitution or going through these rings that get rescued. Um, I want to help those causes. So that's a bigger why behind my why. And then right now, it's specifically helping the younger generation in entrepreneurship. People that are in their 20s and early 30s that realize that they don't want to rely on the economy and they want to be able to rely on themselves and be their own boss. Um, so I'm working with them right now in the scale that I am and I want to grow that to be a thousand people this year. And then I know that that'll continue to grow after this year. So those are my big whys and my big vision for what I have. So 
when I have the moments like this past Saturday or when I have moments of doubt or what the hell am I doing or, you know, why isn't it having fast enough? I think about that and I can already see myself doing those things and I can already see myself in schools and I can already see myself giving back in those ways. And so I know 1000% that's going to happen, like no doubt in my mind. So I know that like, okay, be patient. This is like one step at a time to get there. And I know I will. So I feel like that helps me pull through in the moments where I feel like the sky is falling. (laughs) This is such a hot topic. And I'm going to challenge you here a little bit because like, I love this stuff. Um, one, I can actually help you out with the like giving back to teenagers. Like I teach a college credit class right now to teens. I know. So like I can yeah. I can hook you up with that. Um, but two, like a, a great example is I have always wanted to be an angel investor. Like mm-hmm. since I got into entrepreneurship and I joined my first startup hub and I got to kind of see like what the angels did, where they were it's literally just coaching. 24 seven and you're coaching right. things that you're, you're invested in that are changing the world. Yeah. Like that was the coolest thing to me. Um, and I liked it because I'm ADHD and I don't say that lightly. Like where people like, will be like, Oh, like you grew up, I grew up ADHD and I needed to take medicine or whatever. Like I literally, if you just know me, right. I'm all over the place all the time. Like that's just how I operate. I operate better that way. Yeah. So it's not an inhibitor unless I let it become an inhibitor. But that's where I thrive in the entrepreneurial space. I thought about in the angel space because I'm not working on the same company all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like multiple different things, meetings with so many different demographics of people and I get to learn so many different things. The reason I'm saying this is at first I was really like, I was like, wow, I gotta, I gotta make a ton of money and then I gotta, I gotta build all this stuff and build this credibility until I can become an angel investor. But then I started thinking, I was like, well, what if I just wrote a thousand dollar check? Yeah. Like what is what is the fastest way to becoming an investor? I don't have to live by anybody else's terms, right? Right. So f- the challenge that I have for you is like, okay, getting into high school starts with getting into one high school. Mm-hmm. Have you been to one yet? I have not yet. Okay, cool. Anyone listening, if you have a high school that you're connected to, mm-hmm. and I saw her speak last week, so or two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I'm losing track of time. So <laughs> definitely want her presence in whatever high school you're connected to. There's that, but why not? That would be my question. Why Why haven't, so if you wanted to get into high schools, what stops you from like reaching out to a high school or has so stopped you? I, I reached out, um, I sent a couple of follow-up emails and left some voicemails at the high school that I went to. Um, and this was, I wanna say January, February time of this year. Okay. And I think because it was still like heat of COVID, school was about to end and they probably weren't looking to bring something new in at that time. I kind of just left it at that. I reached out, I sent a couple emails, left some voicemails, was supposed to be connected, all that. And then I just never heard back. So I didn't see it as a, you know, I've got to do this right now, top priority, got to get in. So I left it at that and I was focusing on the programs I'm doing now with young entrepreneurs. And I do talk to people that are in high school that are, you know, wanting to start a business through DMs. So I, I definitely can, you know, I appreciate the the nudge. And I think that 
I love that you can focus on multiple things at once. And I have found my energy to be best when I can just put all of it in one or two things. And so I started putting my energy in the things that were already really picking up traction that still support the goal. Um, and I know I still want to do it. So I'm very open and I've just been really focused on my retreat that's coming up and um, seminars and all that. But it's in the works for sure. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't meant to grill you. It was more so just like on this podcast, like I want to connect people with solutions. So yeah, high school is probably, that. I think, a pretty easy one. Yeah, that where we can get even if it's a Zoom, like it starts starts small somewhere. So right. I was just like I was like that was the easy one for for it to come with. But I'd love for you to talk more about income because finance is something I've been. I'm actually building a a Notion dashboard right now, and one of the big things that I'm gonna start doing is creating products to sell, like simple products. Nice. And one of them is like just easy financial health products and how to understand your personal financial health first and foremost, because mm -hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurship is about how do I make money? My, money is the lifeblood. It's yeah. like oxygen, right? Of the business. And how do I leverage that to make impact? And a lot of entrepreneurs don't know how to even check their own personal financial health. So I'll have <laughs> yeah. to sit them down and be like, how do you expect to make a ton of money yes. in a business if you can't even do your own personal finances? So we start there. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Margot. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Margot Helmholtz. I'm going to wheel this back to more of the beginning of the conversation. Yeah. When you're talking about income and where you want to be mm -hmm. versus where you're at now, what actions are you taking to start getting to where you want to be? Yeah. It can look in so many different ways for so many different people, but for you personally, what does that look like? Totally. Um, and I think that it's such an important question and such an important thing to think about. Um, and it's something that I wasn't as focused on. I wasn't as focused on being financially literate when I started. I was focused on like, who do I get in front of and who do I talk to? Um, and how do I connect with people? 
And so um, for me right now, it's really understanding my numbers, really understanding my finances, really understanding, you know, okay, if this comes through in my business, what percentage is going back into the business? I'm not touching that. And that's something that I (laughs) learned very recently. Um, And it's all feedback, right? You can't fail. You can't. Can I cuss on here? Oh, you can't be you fuck up. Um, It's all feedback. So I learned that. Um, so right now it's focusing on, okay, this money is coming in through my business. We just made this from a seminar. It's going back into the business. I don't touch it. Um, so learning that, learning, learning my numbers, learning what needs to go where I have accounts for, you know, investing and saving and this goes here and that goes there, learning what goes to that and not touching it. And if I need money and it would be from taking those things, what can I do instead? Grant Cardone talks about, you know, don't have any money saved up in any accounts because money is meant to flow money in money out. So really learning what that looks like for me at this level. Another thing that's helping me get to the next level and where I want to be is being neutral about money because money is a tool, And that's it, right? Like we could just put a period there and leave the podcast and like (laughs) that's all you need to know about money. So something for me that's been an opportunity has been deprogramming and reprogramming all of my beliefs and my ideas and my stories around what money means to me, how I spend it, how I earn it, how I invest it. And being able to master the energy of all of those things because I got really good at earning money, but because of my past and because of all those things that I'm I'm now responsible for, I didn't understand the energy of keeping that money. So I made a lot of money right from the beginning of starting my coaching business because people just needed support and it just kept going and building and growing. And it was so awesome to, you know, receive the energy exchange of the work that I was helping people create for themselves. And I didn't know what it was like to feel deserving of keeping that kind of money in my own account. And so the money would just go and I would attract bills and things that weren't meant to be happening because I didn't know how to keep it. So learning how to master the energy of keeping it, learning how to master the energy of investing it, and again, most importantly, being neutral. I was raised with amazing parents who worked really, really hard and who did everything they could and the best they could to support me in my life. And I didn't, positive and empowering money beliefs weren't instilled. So it was a lot of, do you really need this? We don't need this right now. We don't have money for this right now. Money doesn't grow on trees. Those kinds of things that I think we can all relate to in some way, shape, or form. So really examining how that affected me up until now and what serves me moving forward um, has been a big thing for me. Some amazing stuff right there. How old are your parents? My mom is in her early 60s and my dad is in his late 50s. So what I've noticed from my parents are in the same age group is they were raised by parents that were in famine. Mm -hmm. So like in the the 40s, 50s, and 60s, they came out of the Great Depression. So hoarding money, which made sense then because it was so what the hell is going on in the world and I need to survive, right? So they come into this mindset of, I need to survive and and help my family survive. That gets then bred into our parents. Yep. But then, I mean, you look at 
the past 20 years with the internet and phones and everything, like the world has changed completely on top of its head. Yep. And a lot of the way that money works, I mean, you have crypto now, like, right? We have Venmo. You have, right. Like, it's never been easier to spend money, right? So when you couple the whole saving mentality and like that, and I've thought through this, so I love everything that you said, um, kind of being that neutral mm-hmm. with money, it was so hard for them to be neutral because like they didn't grow up in what we grew up in. And that's right. what I, and like, obviously there's, and I, I can't generalize, like there's a lot of people of that did not grow up with great parents or in, in great scenarios. But mm-hmm. what I've noticed from a lot of the people that had a great environment from their parents, their parents still struggled with the saving versus spending. Like we never went out to eat. Like ever. Right. So I used to think, I used to associate like going out to eat and spending money on that is just stupid. Mm. And just like, but I'm an experienced person. Right. I love experiences and conversations with people. Mm-hmm. So if money is just neutral and I go out and I have a really great conversation with someone and a group and that leads to something better in my life, yep. that never would happen without that tool. Mm-hmm. And when I was raised, that just wasn't the thing. Yeah. Um, and the reason I'm telling the story is a lot of people, again, what Margo and I are talking about is making the decision of what do you want to use that tool for? What is an investment? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to get practical here. Like, what are some of the ways I always talk about? I spend money to make more money. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of how I operate. Yeah. So whether it's on, I spend money on podcast equipment to get a better content to then put better ads out there to then draw in better customers, right? Or I'll spend money on vacations to have a better time with my wife and myself, which then fills my cup, which then gives me the energy to go out and serve more, which then ultimately brings more money. Exactly. How do you spend your money to kind of invest it in other ways? Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is personal development And that is something that I've chosen to do in many different forms because I chose to not go to college. So I took a gap year and saved a bunch of money to be able to live in Asia and travel and have that experience. And when I came back, I decided that I didn't want to go to college. And I knew that I could learn what I needed to learn about business and connect with the people I wanted to connect with and not have to go for four years to a school to get the things that I wanted to get out of it. So I, from the get-go, saved my money to invest into myself, specifically in the areas that I wanted to learn and get better at. So that started with certification programs in self-development and learning how to just master your internal world. The Fundamentals of Entrepreneurship, which is a program through Draper University to learn, you know, how to pitch to investors, how to raise funding, how to connect with people around the world that are in startups and entrepreneurship, and then my mindset trainings and all of that. So I put money in places and continue to put money in places in the form of mentors and in the form of trainings and in the form of programs. And I just started investing into... Robin Hood, which I'm really excited about. So putting my money in those areas also, but the most important thing for me and what's allowed me to grow in the way that I have and serve in the way that I have is investing into myself, to my growth, to my mind, 
and how I can just show up as me, tap into my soul. What does it mean to take out all the things that don't serve me in my life? And how can I do the things I want to do no matter my age? And that's really come from investing into, you know, programs and self-development in many different forms. It's such a thing that is not taught. Yeah. And it's awesome to hear you say this because I think you're the first person that has actually done this. My wife, Erin, and our other buddy had an idea for a business called Gap Year. Mm. And it was like basically figuring out a way to take kids on trips and give them exactly what you're talking about. Um, So it's cool to have like the real life example of like what Mm. that would look like. And you mentioned something that piqued my interest because I do know that you are young. And I also know that the regular world, (laughs) I'll call it like, puts people in a box, Mm -hmm. right? Based on age, based on what your job is, based on these. How has that affected you? Mm. Like being younger (laughs) than a lot of the people you're in. And on top of that, you're a female. Mm -hmm. So you're not only cutting into one demographic, you're cutting into another. What have been kind of the ups and downs of those, that world? Yeah. I'm, I'm tearing up as you asked that because it has been, um, an awesome growth opportunity for me over the years. And I think that a common thing for me is to be underestimated and to not be taken seriously. Um, And so that's just something that now I'm used to and it doesn't affect me. Um, And if it does, it's fleeting, but I, it's to me, it's just an opportunity of, Hey, you know, I may be, I may seem really young or my age is just a number, but what matters is the results that I help people create. And what matters is how I'm helping to impact the world and what I'm doing outside of myself. To me, that's a measure of, success, whatever that means to you, and just how I've been able to build myself and something that's important to me. Um, My top value in my business is impact. And so I think I just hold that close to my heart. And in the beginning, it wasn't that easy, especially stepping into the mentoring space officially through a business. You know, I I even had people close to me in my family uh, who I won't name because it's not important. But, you know, I was told, you know, who do you think you are for coaching people older than you? Or who do you think you are for being in a space that you didn't go to school for, formal school for? You should just work with people younger than you. Um, You know, why don't you get a degree or all these things? So that was definitely, it was a really big limiting belief for me when I started was I'm too young or I'm only this old so I can only do these things based on what says who, right? So I think breaking through that and being around people that really support me has helped me a lot. I don't meet a lot of 21-year-olds who are doing what I'm doing, but I do meet a few that are really close to my age that are really just doing amazing things and creating massive impact. And maybe it's because I haven't connected with and met those people yet because I know they're out there. So I think that yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, but it no, just brought it. me back into my feels of, you know, facing that in the very beginning. And it was just, it was definitely challenging. And now, now I laugh at it. Now I can laugh at it, you know? I, I do know. Um, but one reason I brought that up is because I think there's a lot of people that will connect with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like every human being has been in a, at a point where they've been in a room where they felt like that, mm-hmm. um, male or female. And you've been in a room where you just felt inferior. And then you start 
two ways. I get defensive. Like I don't necessarily believe with other people, but mm-hmm. even when you're on the defense, you're not on offense. So right. like if people started second guessing or or just wonder like when I quit my job and you start hearing things through the grapevine and stuff like that, it gets to you. And in me, it's like I'm gonna be defensive and start doing things. I'm gonna start working extra hard and doing all these other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But that cloud's like really what you want in life. So it's interesting to hear other people that have kind of dealt with it and and been through it. And like you're you're in it currently. So it's it's an interesting thing. Something I wanted to add on to that, because I know you'd mentioned and also being a female. So the first networking event that I ever went to, which which is where I met you, was 90% male. I think there were three other (laughs) women there. Um, And so that was my first experience in being in the entrepreneurship world in Austin, in that kind of container. So for me, it just inspired me to seek out, okay, where are my women at? Where are my female entrepreneurs And I have just as many male entrepreneur friends like yourself in my life and in my circle. So I think it just inspired me to seek out those groups. And there are plenty out there. And I think if you're in, you know, for those of you listening, if you're in that kind of container where you're around people that inspire you, if being around more women inspires you, there's so many communities in person and online for that. So that's been something that really helped me. Because at first I thought, is it all guys? Is it mostly male? Um, so finding, you know, society of we different female groups has really been helpful also. It's interesting. I think that also just goes into like the age group thing is just like when you did come to that, that meetup, it was a younger crowd Mm -hmm. versus the older I get, I almost innately try to seek out more women in certain circles. And the reason is like, in terms of entrepreneurship, we, men and women have different skill sets in, in my mm-hmm. eyes. Um, and I think it just has to do with just the nature of how we are. Like ego, the egos are a little bit different, um, but you need both. And that's yeah. where I think a lot of, a lot of males um, will surround themselves with, and this is what I've seen and I don't want to generalize, but mm-hmm. it's based on what I've been through. A lot of like-mindedness of themselves, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in the right way. Like the like-mindedness I want is somebody that's willing to be challenged mm-hmm. or willing to have a debate, not going to get hurt when I'm like, yo, I don't think we should do it that way. Right. Because I won't get hurt. If you tell me and you have proof and you have data that like, hey, we should not go with this decision because of this. Yes. I'm all for it, but I'm going to challenge you until you, until you do that. So right. it was like with women, I found that it's, you're better at communication. So when you can have those conversations, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's come to the best conclusion yep. and the best overall results, just like you were talking about, mm-hmm. rather than like, this was my idea, I'll do it even if it doesn't work. And that's like kind of the thing I've I've noticed over the over the years. So it's definitely I love this conversation, but I want to kind of flip the script a little bit because okay. I saw you give a talk on NLP. Mm-hmm. And I know what that is, but I was really excited to introduce that here on the podcast because I don't think, especially like I'm from the East Coast, I never heard that word. Yeah. Like growing up or anything like that. Um, then I get into entrepreneurial scene out here in, in Austin and like for four years I, I heard a lot about it. So, mm-hmm. and I've gone to talks on it and things like that. What is NLP and how did you yeah. get involved in it? <laughs> so I laugh because people will say different things on what NLP means to me. So it stands for um, neuro-linguistic programming. 
And to me, it's how to model success and how to deprogram anything in your life that puts a cap on what you can experience in all areas and then what to do with it and how to transform it into something that does. And that comes in the form of beliefs, your ideas, your habits, your behaviors, and most importantly, your thinking. So that's what it means to me. And it's these tools and systems that NLP didn't invent, but they've taken practices that have been around since ancient Hawaiian practices, leaders, people that have been really successful, and they've taken things that they've seen patterns in that have been really helpful for people and created these tools and strategies to help you apply to your life in all areas. So you can, if you want to be successful, biker, you want to be a successful podcast owner, you want to be a successful speaker, you can use it in all areas to do that. I found it honestly just by accident. Well, I mean, I, everything happens for a reason, but I wasn't seeking it out. And I actually didn't know what it was until I discovered it. So I had followed Tony Robbins since I was 16. And I didn't know that he was trained in it. And I didn't know that he trained and learned through Bannister, which is one of the founders. And then he created his own version of it. And that's what he does at all his seminars and trainings. And it's a basis of a lot of what he does. All the jumping up and down that's called anchoring, certain things like that. It's all techniques behind the scenes. And I think he talks about it some of the time. And so I met somebody in the community who embodied the version of myself that I wanted to step into. Just her energy, the way she carried herself, was really impressive and amazing to be around her. And she said, hey, I'm doing this training. You know, you should come by. And I didn't really ask questions about it. I just knew whatever she's doing has got to be good because it's awesome to be around her and she's creating all these awesome things in her life. Um, and then it just spiraled from there. So that's how I found it. So many, so many ways I can go with this. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's go a little bit practical so that people can understand even more. Yeah. Um, give an example. So like in your talk, you had us thinking of things and yes. then holding our thumbs. Yes. And like Just like random things. <laughs> so like give us like a practical example of like during one of your talks, what do you have people go through? And yeah. Even if you want to take a sentence or two from the exact talk, like this is the moment to do it. Yeah, 100%. So one of the tools that they teach in NLP is anchoring. So that's what we had that's what we had you do with the ring of power and the anchoring. So essentially it's a way to access a peak state on your body at any time. So this is great for presenters or if you are in front of people or whatever kind of work you do that you need to be in flow in and you need to be high energy. So my anchor is like this. So whenever I do this. Uh, describe that so that people. So, people so I am essentially just holding my thumb with my left hand and that activates my anchor because I don't normally ever hold my hand that way. So when I do it, I'm, I'm activating it. I chose that to be my spot. So whenever I do that, I start to feel really good and my physiology changes and I've anchored. So essentially another way of saying anchored is I have placed positive peak emotions like happiness, empowerment, confidence, excited, laughing. So I guess the easiest way to describe it is what you do is you have yourself think of a time when you felt the most happiest and then you access that time. And the second that you start to feel it, then you pick a spot on your body where you want to begin to anchor that emotion. And then you hold that spot until you start to feel it wane. And then you take your finger off wherever that spot is on your body that you chose. 
And then in order to stack it to make it powerful and useful when you're not stacking it, so if you have to go give a talk or speak in front of a group, you continue to stack it with asking yourself, can you think of a time when you were laughing the most? where you were laughing so hard that you were just on the floor, crying, can't breathe. And then as soon as you start to think of that, you press that same spot again. And you keep doing this with a bunch of positive emotions like confident, happy, relaxed, empowered, until when you no longer have to ask yourself to think of those states, you can simply press on where you stack the anchors and you can feel a change in your physiology and the way you feel. And so it's another tool to be able to master your emotions and be a master of your state so that if you're feeling in a funk or you're feeling nervous, you're about to go on stage, that you can access your anchor and it brings you into a positive state. And to practice it, what we talked about at the talk was anytime you feel happy, anytime you feel good, anytime that you're laughing, then you fire the anchor and you stack it and it makes it stronger. So anytime I feel good, I'm just holding my thumb underneath my hand and I'm stacking it and I'm stacking it. So anytime I access it, it's strong. Um, So that's one tool through NLP. It was really cool to see the people's reaction in the audience. And for if you're listening right now, go to Instagram, how do you health and on our IGTV, mm-hmm. Margot and the other person she gave the talk with, it's live there. You actually got the most views at any talk we've had so far. So oh, kudos cool. on that. <laughs> but I'm trying to get you even more. So go to how do you health on Instagram and go check that out because it was super cool. Unfortunately, I couldn't watch or participate in most of it because I was trying to get as much content <laughs> as possible during it. I was I was on work mode. Um, but I'm really interested to see your progression in that space. Thank you. Um, and really maybe even bring you into some of the things that I'm doing to to give a talk, especially to the teens. I think that would 100%. be an interesting thing for them. Yeah. Um, but let's kind of jump more into what is it you're doing today? So you mentioned coaching and things that you're working on. And one of my goals is always to connect our guests to potential customers, clients, business relationships, um, so that they can thrive on life. Um, So (laughs) yeah, tell us a little bit about what are you up to? Where are you up to it? And uh, yeah, what's firing you up right now? 100%. Um, So I work with people in the mindset space, young entrepreneurs, and I do it in a lot of different forms. So right now I do um, these three-day seminars on the art of designing your best life. And I do it with Carl, my business partner, through another business that I have. And he's the one that I did the talk with at MSW. Um, So we do the seminars in that form. And we also do NLP certification training. So we're doing one in December. So for people that are interested in diving into NLP, you want to use it for your business and your personal life, um, and you care about being certified and you want to go through an intense training, uh, we have that going on in December. If you're somebody that wants to dip your toes into it. Maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you've seen about it or you're just wanting to understand how you can use it in your life uh, without going through an intensive training. October 8th, 9th, and 10th, I believe, we're doing The Art of Designing Your Best Life. It's a three, two and a half day, three day training. 
essentially people go into it with one area of life that they want to transform. And then we give you the tools, the strategies and all that to be able to unlock anything that isn't serving you, learn the foundational steps of mindset and then transform it into something else. And we say one area of life because we're minimalists. And it's like, what's the least you can do to get the most results in your life? So if you pick one area, what's the one area in your life that if you transformed, everything else would benefit? And that's how we like to support people. And then you, everything you learn there, you can apply to your life outside of the training uh, for life. And then uh, through my own business, I'm really, really, really excited about a retreat that I have coming up end of September. Um, So it's specifically for young bosses, young entrepreneurs that are where they are right now and they have worldly goals for themselves. They have worldly visions and plans for how they want to help the planet. And right now they're working on how do I get there? This is what I'm working on now that's going to support me in getting to that in two years, three years, whatever the time is. And they're wanting to be with like-minded entrepreneurs, be in a container that's really potent and powerful, um, and learn foundational mindset strategies to make their success a lot easier and to make them getting from where they are to where they want to be a lot easier. And so this is for people that are wanting to create time freedom for themselves, wanting to incorporate travel into their lifestyle, wanting to increase profitability in their businesses, um, and just overall be fulfilled in their lives and connect with other people that want to do the same. So that's September 23rd through the 26th. I'm really, really excited about that too. So where's the retreat at? It's going to be in, um, Spicewood. Why Spicewood? Um, so that's the place where I found the most beautiful space to hold it. So yeah. What, what makes that space beautiful? All reason I'm asking is like, this is more personal. I just like, I love retreats (laughs) and, I'm potentially going on one in October, but yeah, what makes it a beautiful space? Yeah, so um, for me, I mean, aesthetic is one thing, right? But it's the space that has a lot of room, a lot of individual rooms for everybody that's coming in. Everybody's going to be staying there overnight. So I wanted it to be a space that's stimulating, um, a place that people can feel good in while we're going through this container. Um, the intention is to be disconnected. So it's not like I'm going to be taking people's phones, but the point is to just be totally immersed for four days. Um, and so, yeah, with that, there's, I mean, there's a pool, there's just beautiful land. There's a couple acres, there's deers that are surrounding the property. It's just a really nice place to be away for a little bit and dive deep. Heck yeah. Yeah. What, what are you working on personally? So you have, we have business and this is more of a personal question Mm -hmm. because, uh, I always love to ask other entrepreneurs this, like, what are you doing for you like, mm-hmm. that fills your cup? So one thing I do every morning is I, I write an email newsletter and it's just like, cool. It, some people get added to it, but really at the end of the day, it's for me. I enjoy writing and that's yeah. like my thing in the morning. But like, what, what are some of the projects you're working on that might be a little bit more for you and, and don't really have an outcome? Yeah. Um, so I, I love that question. And um, I think... I used to get caught up in the, if it's not serving my business, you know, why am I doing it last year? And then I realized through COVID, the importance of being able to do things that are totally disconnected, but at the same time connected because they fuel you. Yeah. So for me, I used to sing from five to like 12 years old. I took lessons. I did recitals, the whole shebang. And I used to sing Broadway and I used to do all that. And then can't give you a good reason as to why I stopped. 
Um, and so recently this year I've gotten back into that. So do voice lessons, picking that back up again. Um, and it does take work. Your voice is like an instrument. So tuning it, refining it. And it's really something that I can just get lost in and flow in. So I would say that. And I just love meditating. I love yoga. I love being outside. Um, I love reading. I'm a book nerd and occasionally painting from time to time. So I wish I could paint and do like, <laughs> I didn't say paint. Well, <laughs> I'm the art. Like, but yeah, I, mean, I guess that's how fun. I have to look at it. I'm the worst artist. Like it's, it's the cool thing about creativity is like, you could be so creative in, in so many different ways and then just like absolute trash in other ways. And that's another reason that I kind of think I got into entrepreneurship is because there's so many different ways to, to be good at it or to be bad at it. <laughs> to be right. bad at it if we look at it the other way. Um, so that's kind of my my next question is, over the course of your journey, what have you learned is just like like a hell no for you mm. that you thought maybe you wanted to go down that path? Because I think what stops a lot of people is really just fear of failure at the end of the day and fear of not being liked and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you don't really know what's for you until you know what's not for you. And yeah, so in terms of entrepreneurship, a lot of people are afraid to try new things because of fear of failure, a fear of what other people think. And especially in a time where a lot of people are actually thinking about getting into a side hustle or leaving their corporate job, we're not really raised in an environment where they tell you to try a bunch of different things. It's really like find your degree, find your job, and like that's it. Versus really finding what you want to do for the long run is finding out what you don't want to do and right. then narrow down, right? So for you over the years, where have you found things that like just were not for you and kind of led to where you are now in things that you actually are enjoying? Totally. Um, I think that's the beauty of it all is being able to have the contrast of what you don't want so that you can find what you actually do want. But in order to find out what you don't like or what you don't want to do, you have to take a bunch of action and mess up and learn and get the feedback and change. So for me, the biggest thing um, that comes to mind and something that you were mentioning earlier is hustling a lot. And what I mean by hustling, because I love hustling, is being so in my masculine that I'm not taking the time for myself. I love what I do so much. So if I didn't need sleep or if I didn't need to recharge, then I would just keep working. So I think finding the balance between, which I think is what they talk about, you know, in more spiritual terms of the masculine and the feminine art of business and entrepreneurship is, okay, when am I hustling? When am I with people? When am I going all in? And when my energy is 100% and when am I consciously choosing when I have time to operate at 70% and when am I doing other things? That's been really huge for me. Another thing I would say is, so I was trained last year in different sales trainings and in order to learn what I didn't like and what was out of integrity and what was out of alignment for me was I learned this very aggressive way of doing sales and that's just how they did the training and I operated out of that for a little bit and then realized when I took a step back what was actually in integrity with who I am and how I actually want to sell from my soul and sell from my heart because sales can be such a 
sticky, I don't know what this means, or ooh, being, you know, sales is, you know, that shark mentality, or sales is this, or sales is that, or sleazy, or I love sales, but everything when you when it comes down to it is sales. If you ask Erin, hey, I really want to go here today, and this is why I want to go, and she says, yes, that's sales. You just ask somebody to go do something with you, and she goes with you. It's literally from the the smallest things to the biggest things, so I think learning how I don't want to ever connect with people and sell versus what's really aligned with me, what feels good and what feels natural because you can sell simply by being yourself from a business perspective since we're talking about entrepreneurship. So I think that was something that was really big for me uh, was learning the contrast between like, how do you just run your business being you? How do you do what you love doing being authentic? You don't need any of those other things. So that was something really big for me also, like letting go of the hustling till I'm exhausted, needing things to be hard, needing myself to be exhausted to know like I did good today and instead knowing when is enough and that there's tomorrow and when I need to recharge. And I still practice being able to consciously full on be present in the moments when I'm not working so that I can really enjoy it versus I'm going to go take time off. I'm going to go on a hike. But then in the back of my mind, there's this little voice that's like, mm, yeah, you could be doing there. this. Yeah. You could be. Um, so that's still a practice um, that I'm working on, just being able to turn it off. I love that second one because my last corporate job actually was in cold calling. Mm-hmm. And when we went to like close a meeting and I saw how the manager cl- tried to close it, it I was just like, this is not how I'd go about it. And yeah. I, I always listen to like serve, don't sell type mm-hmm. of mentality. And the, the first and for, first and foremost, the person you should be serving is yourself first. So it's like fill my cup and then I can be of service to others. And then when you, the keyword that you hit on that I picked up on was connection. Mm-hmm. So like when you're focused on getting connected to somebody, you're focusing on like what value does this person want mm-hmm. versus what most people think sales is, is how do I sell something into something that I want them to get, but that they don't necessarily need. Yeah. So it's just like, if you find some, if you, or if you serve people, you're like, a good a good instance is like a house, right? You're a realtor, yeah, right. Someone needs a house to live in, so you're not really like selling them a house. Yeah, you're serving them something they actually need. If you're a good mm-hmm. realtor, now a bad realtor, what they're trying to do is cover up different things and yeah. sell them into a house that doesn't actually serve that customer and their needs. So it's just like, yeah, two different things in in one thing. Um, so I love that you brought that up because I guess sales is. Everything. And there's this book called Getting More. Okay. I, Stuart Diamond. Highly recommend. I'll Anybody have to else? Add it to my list. And then if you haven't read Profit First, we were talking about income. I got that yeah. when you recommended yeah. it. Yeah, Profit First. But this one, Getting More Sales, like you're talking about how to get like, how to get better deals on air, airplanes to coffees to like everything by being of service and like having the right approach. So it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. But unfortunately, we are close to wrapping up. Um, I wish I could sit here and chat for hours on end. I know, um, but I'm not there yet um, <laughs> in my business life. So these are only relatively an hour and we always end kind of in the same way where first thing I'll ask you is for your business, since you are an entrepreneur, who is somebody that's listening as like the perfect customer? And what I mean by that is they're not perfect. It's more so what is your target market so that when they reach out to you, it's a good fit. Totally. Um, so my my people 
um, and who I'm serving right now is young entrepreneurs. You're in your 20s or early 30s, highly ambitious, highly motivated, um, impact driven, and you want to increase your influence. You want to increase what you're doing in the world, um, and you want to be able to do it easier, and you want to be able to understand how you can master yourself, or maybe you're curious on how does mindset really play a big role in the results you're creating, um, and you're interested in it, or you're already obsessed with it, and you look for any kind of form of support, whether it's a conversation, a, a content post on social media, or a training, or anything like that, um, you just care a lot and value self-development, investing in yourself, and investing in your business, um, and you like to have fun doing it, and you like it to be easy, so I'm your go-to gal for that. And if they do want to reach out to you, where's the best way for them to get in contact? Yeah. So um, I would say, because I think not saying my number on here would be better. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you can find me on Instagram. That's where the, I'm the most active. Uh, at Margo Mentoring. So it's M-A-R-G-A-U-X and then Mentoring. Um, so yeah, hit me up there. I would love to connect with you, learn more about you, what's going on in your world, what you're working on nowadays, um, and how it can be of service in any way, shape, or form. So Looking forward to it. Awesome. So if you're an aspiring entrepreneur or you're in the thick of it right now and you would love some mindset help to get more of what you need in your life, please reach mm -hmm. out to Margo. And as we end on every other podcast, I'm going to ask you the question of what does thriving mean to you? Mm. So take however long you need, but um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be able to shot from the hip. But yeah, we ask everybody what does thriving mean to them because I like to learn everybody's individual story around like, what do they think it means to thrive? I think to me, something I've learned over the past year is thriving to me means going after what allows you to feel on fire and feel fulfilled and feel like it's Christmas every day. So instead of choosing things to go after or things that you think are going to create that feeling, it's just embodying that feeling now and then allowing things that match that and either make you feel more of that um, into your life. Um, I think I had the most transformative experiences when going through my personal development trainings and the feeling that you get when you're breaking through your bullshit, when you're just unlocking things in new dimensions and so much is possible and you feel like those moments where you're on fire, like maybe you just cross the finish line or you finish an awesome workout or you're po post run or you make a sale or you, whatever that feeling is that you get that dopamine feeling. How do you create that every day? How do you create that feeling when you wake up? And to me, that's what thriving is. And if I feel like I'm not feeling that in something or in a relationship, what can I do about it to create that? Um, so I think thriving is following that feeling and creating more of it. Powerful. I love that. And you gave me something to think about um, with the like thriving is, is like Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like when you're a little kid and you wake up and like, yes, that is such a feeling that you can just remember for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to fade. It's just like you wake up at uh, ass crack at dawn. And then by the time <laughs> you're like 15, you're like, eh, I don't even like care. Like there's just presence. I can wait. Right. I gotta sleep in. <laughs> right. But it's like that feeling. I love that. And I just want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. It was awesome to chat with you. And I can't wait to see where you go with the retreat, where you go with the NLP. Maybe uh, I'll sign up for it. We'll see. Um, yeah, there's some be things that I'm working on. But 
Yeah, my my biggest takeaway was when you were talking about anchoring because I always look at like the takeaways of this podcast of what mm-hmm. leaves me with questions that I need to like ask myself as I leave uh, here today. And one of them is like if I were to one create an anchor for myself, and then like what would those feelings be, and where would they be from? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty good at when in terms of like health and wealth understanding the discipline side and that area, um, the masculine energy, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm learning to tap into more of the feminine energy and like where were there, like some of those sides of things in my life that really brought me joy and happiness, whether it was time with family, friends, just things that have nothing to do with business or yes. sports or accolades. So that was really powerful. And anybody out there that's listening, I recommend you go through that experience yourself. As always, this is an absolute pleasure to have you here listening. And if there's one thing that you can do for us, it's go to Apple Podcasts and rate mm-hmm. and review. That'll get Margot's podcast and this episode we more. Review. Yeah, more, <laughs> more shares and likes and everything. And that's what we're trying to do is get everyone's story out there uh, to somebody that needs to hear it. So thank you again. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.